good morning. Good, well, good morning. <laughs> Tell you what kind of day this has been. Good afternoon, guys. We are so delighted to have you again with us. Um, and this has been such a beautiful, beautiful day, hasn't it? This is the day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. Aren't you glad that you're saved? Aren't you glad that you can rejoice in this day? You might not have everything that you want. Chances are you have most things that you need. And we just give God the credit for that because, you know, many times we can go and we can blow our lives up. God always steps in and rescues us when we stop fighting him. Are you? Do you agree with that? So look, today is a wonderful day and we're about to get into the word of God. I want to talk to you about something that I think that would be a great benefit to you over a period of time. I've heard this talk several different times and it's kind of like, a, I would say, uh, a tune-up. It, it, it's, it's thought-provoking and it gets you to reflect on what is important. So without any further ado, let's get right on into the word of God. I want to talk to you uh, this afternoon from the subject of a perfect heart toward God, a perfect heart toward God. Now, this is something that only you know. The Bible says what things uh, know the man except the spirit that is within him. So only you know where you are in regards to a perfect heart. But, you know, what is a perfect heart? Sometimes we get intimidated by that word perfect. What is a perfect heart? And who can have a perfect heart? The greatest difficulty in conversion is for God through his methods to win our hearts. The greatest difficulty after conversion is that God is able to keep our heart. You know, when you come to God, most of the time you're in a desperate, dire situation and things are not going well. Life is turned topsy-turvy and we struggle and we come to God almost like I know that I'm going down for the third time. I can't do anything about it. God help me. You're kind of like Peter, you know, Lord help me. And God did just that. As a good father, he reached down and he helped us and brought us up. But you know, somewhere along the line, we developed too many toys. Somewhere along the line, we develop too many interests, too many hobbies and too many side hustles and all of these things that we do. And they slowly but surely replace the heart of God. You know, and the Bible says that the greatest commandment is to love the Lord thy God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your strength. This is the greatest and this is the first commandment. And somewhere along the line, we get amnesia. We forget where we were. We forget what kind of situation we was in. And we do a U-turn and we circle back to the life that we really thought we wanted. <laughs> but we really didn't. Are you listening to what I'm saying? So simply put, we must learn to manage our hearts on a daily basis. Now, that's a difficult situation, but we must learn to manage our hearts on a daily basis. Your everyday atmosphere can contaminate your heart. The things you do, you know, I think I heard uh, Dr. Murdoch say, he said that, you know, if you want change in your life, look at something you do on a daily basis. 
some habitual practice, some habit that you that you do every day. And if you want to change your life, you must change a daily practice. So these things that are out here, your everyday atmosphere will contaminate your heart. And if it's left unchecked, it will contaminate it at a great price. Second Peter uh, chapter two and verse eight talks about Lot. And it says, uh, and, and, and just in a synopsis, it says that righteous Lot, his spirit was vexed after seeing and hearing all the things that he saw and heard. You know, you can be righteous. You can be, you can have a great heart. You can really want to walk this thing out with God. But sometimes over a period of time, just like that, the spirit of Delilah will come on you and worry you down daily until you surrender. Are you listening? And no matter how strong you were before, you surrender and you give in to it. And next thing you know is you laid your head in the proverbial Delilah's lap and she has zapped you of all your spiritual strength. Are you listening to what I'm saying here? So the Bible says his, his spirit was vexed. You know, what does vex mean? Vex simply means uh, affected with, marked by, or caused trouble for oneself. It simply means that you were infiltrated from the outside. And you know, there's so many things that are going on. I mean, that are going into your eye gate and your ear gate on, on, a, on a daily basis. And, and I'm being honest with you, it is relentless. And sometimes you are not even conscious of the things that are being said and the things that are being done. Some of the commercials will fly by you in a second. And then about a couple of minutes later, you will say, was that really what I just saw? These things come at us and they press us daily. And you have to be careful that you manage your heart on a daily basis. So listen to me. When your heart is vexed, it means that your heart will become, uh, such hearts will become a desolate wilderness, barren, barren of spiritual fruit. You know, have you ever gone through a period of time where you feel like nothing is working and no matter what you try to do, nothing seems to work? Uh, you're in one of those situations where you're stuck in neutral. And we don't trace it back to the fact that, you know, our heart, the Bible talks about it in Matthew 13, uh, Mark 4 and Luke 8. It talks about the consistency and conditions of our heart that causes us to be able to live a certain life. And it talks about stony ground and you don't have much root, you know, but you was excited in the very beginning. And it talks about the wayside and, you know, that the seeds of the word of God is sown in your life, but the fowls of the air come and they take it away. And then it talks about the thorns, the curse of this world, the deceitfulness of riches and the lust and the desires of other things enter in. Where? Enter into your heart. And when it does, the Bible says they crowd the word of God, they choke the word of God, and the word of God becomes unfruitful. For some people, it is 100% unfruitful. For some people, they're at the trickle-down stage where they're getting uh, 30%. 
And then there are some people that haven't gotten down to that point yet. They're only getting 60%. But do you look, when you need a prayer answer, you don't need 30%. When you need God to move on your behalf, you don't need 60%. You want to be like Jesus was when he was headed toward the tomb of Lazarus. And he said, Lord, I thank you that you've heard me. And I thank you that you always hear me. That's what you need. You don't need to be guessing. You don't need to be playing Russian roulette with your prayer life. God, are you going to hear me this time? It's kind of like having not good credit. And you go somewhere and you apply for something. And then you stand around and you're nervous and you're thinking about all the reasons why they're going to deny you. That's what happens with God. When we know that we haven't done right by God and we need God to move on our behalf, then what happens is we sit back and we wonder, what have I done that will cause God not to move on my behalf? And at that point, you have no confidence. And the Bible says in Proverbs 28 and 1, the righteous are bold as a lion. The scripture says the effectual, fervent prayers of the righteous availeth much. So this is not a time in your life where you need to be shooting scatter shots with a prayer saying, God, I wonder, I wonder if you heard me. I wonder if this is one of those times you're going to answer. You know, maybe he will, maybe he won't. That's not what you need. Are you listening to me? We're at a time right now where everybody's Christian. Everybody's Christian. They can, you can hear them, that you can see the fruit of their life. They curse you out. They do all these things, but yet they love the Lord. People tell you, I can step outside of my salvation. Well, if you step outside of your salvation, then you like the son of perdition. You lost. Are you listening to me? When you can separate yourself from your salvation, then I'm telling you, you're in a dangerous position. This Jesus is the high priest of our profession. What is a profession? It's what you do for a living. Are you listening? A lot of people can play basketball, but they don't have any benefits. They're not getting paid for it. You know, it's not their profession. Are you listening? Christianity, when it's not your profession, then you get very little benefits out of it. Well, enough of that. Let's move on. <laughs> but such hearts have become a desolate wilderness and it's barren of spiritual fruit. Spiritual fruit is the love walk. Spiritual fruit is getting your prayers answered. Spiritual fruit is abundant life. Spiritual fruit is an intact family. Spiritual fruit are the things that you literally have to stand in faith and by faith to obtain. Are you listening? Paul said, I fought a good fight. I've kept the faith. I have finished my course. And you have to be like that consistently. You have to fight a good fight. You have to, you have to finish your course. You have to keep the faith. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Now, let's go to a very familiar scripture. Why it is so important to have a perfect heart, and what exactly is that? Second Chronicles, chapter sixteen. Many of you have heard this before, but faith comes by hearing, not by having heard. So 2 Chronicles chapter 16, verse 9 says, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth, showing himself strong on the behalf of those whose heart is perfect toward him. Now, I want to read another uh, translation, the New American Standard Bible. I like to go to different um, 
translation is for consistency. You understand what I'm saying? I like to go through them all and then find a common denominator that they all agree on. Are you listening to what I'm saying? And this is what the New American Standard Bible says about this. It says, for the eyes of the Lord move to and fro throughout the earth. Listen, oh, this is powerful. That he may strongly support those whose heart is completely his. Oh, man, that's some good news right there. If your heart is completely his. See, that's what got Solomon the props that he got. The Bible gave him, the Bible says God gave him a blank check and said, son, what is it that I can do for you? He said, Lord, I want to have a discerning heart so I can more accurately discern rightfully amongst your people. And the Bible says, in this thing, please the Lord. And the Lord said, because you have not asked for the life of your enemies, because you have not asked for wealth, because you have not asked for all these things, I'm going to give you what you asked for, and I'm going to give you what you didn't ask for. Now, that's some good news right there. When your heart is perfect toward God, your prayers are not selfish. When your heart is perfect toward God, your actions are not selfish. When your heart is perfect toward God and your heart is completely his, it is pliable and it is moldable and God can do whatever he wants to do with you because you will not fight him. Are you, are you listening to what I'm saying? So then what is a perfect heart? A perfect heart doesn't mean that you're free from mistakes. But a perfect heart means that you are free from pride and deceit. Did you get that? A perfect heart does not mean that you are free from mistakes, but it does mean you are free from pride and deceit. Those are the two elements right there that brought down Satan, pride and deceit. You know, uh, the Bible says that we have denounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness or handling the word of God deceitfully. But we can have commended our hearts unto all men in the sight of God. He's saying that, hey, you are transparent. You are not just one of the okie-dokes that you look like this, but you act like this. You look like this, but you talk like that. <laughs> are you listening? There's a consistency between what you say and what you do which all culminates into who you are. Are you listening to me? So the word perfect from the Hebrew means complete. It means whole, completely finishing or perfecting a work. Completely finishing or perfecting a work. That simply means that when God is involved in your life, you don't start this thing like a sprint. You know it's a marathon, and God is constantly changing you. The Bible says, 1 Corinthians, changing you from one degree of glory to another as by the Spirit of the living God. God has the ability and the access to change you from the person you used to be to the person that he's trying to make you. And what is that? To be conformed, Romans for whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his dear son. So God has constantly got you in a place where you are evolving. If you want to believe in evolution, believe in that part where you have to evolve. 
from one place to another. He said, and Haggai, I am the Lord thy God, Haggai one, and I change not. But he know because God is complete, because he's whole, because he's perfect, he can't change. There is nothing else for him to change to. However, because we are not, we have to constantly change on a daily basis. Are you listening? And the good news is, through the word of God, you can. Through the word of God. Without the word of God, the only thing you can change is your mind. <laughs> Without the word of God, you can't change your habits, your tendencies, your life. You can't change anything but your mind. And you see people do that all the time. Uh, are you listening to what I'm saying? It means, listen to this. A perfect heart is completely undivided in its allegiance. Completely undivided in its allegiance. Simply put, it is loyal. That's a loyal heart. And you know, in this day and time, 2 Corinthians chapter 10 verse, uh, I mean, excuse me, 2, Corinth, 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 1 says, this know also that in the last days, perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of their own selves, they shall be uh, heady, high-minded, uh, uh, unthankful, unholy, uh, untruthful, <laughs> disobedient to parents without natural affections. Do you understand what I'm saying? It is saying in the last day, one of the hardest things you're going to find is loyalty. People just like to go with the flow. Why? Because there's no structural, spiritual backbone. So people just are, they are completely moved from one place to another as it becomes convenient. People don't like confrontation of being, having a structure or having a standard. You know, we lie. Do you like this dress? That's yeah, pretty nice. And then you go to tell somebody else, that was the ugliest dress I ever seen. Well, then why didn't you just say, all right, it's not for me. We have to stop this. Are you listening? Loyalty. And if you loyal to someone, let me let me tell you something. If I'm loyal to someone, you ain't you can't come around me and talk about them. If I'm loyal to a person, you can't come around me and talk about them. You can talk all you want, but not around me. You can't get me involved in your mudslinging. If I'm loyal to a person, if I'm loyal to something, if I'm committed to something. And that's how you have to be. But in this day and time, it is so convenient to be compromising all the time. Now, let's go to Jeremiah chapter 24, and let's read this scripture. This is what the scripture says. And I will give them a heart to know me that I am the Lord and they shall be my people and I will be their God for they shall return unto me with a whole heart. They shall return unto me with a whole heart. Now that is so powerful. He said that I will give them a heart to know me. And see, God has given a lot of people a heart to know him, but that heart has never been developed. And that's why they don't know God. 
See, certain things you need to know about your father. Are you listening to what I'm saying? And one of the things that you need to know about your father is in Ephesians chapter four, I think it's verse 29, where the Bible says, let no corrupt communication proceed forth out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it might minister grace unto the hearers. And grieve not, verse 30, the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed unto the day of redemption. That's one thing God doesn't like. The forked tongue. Who has a forked tongue? The serpent. And when he gets access to your tongue, he is minimizing the power that is in your life, the confession of faith that is in your life. The Bible says in St. John chapter 3, verse 34, he whom God sent spoke the words of God, wherefore God gave not the spirit by measure unto him. In other words, when Jesus wanted something, he spoke it. He spoke it. St. John chapter 6, 63, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. Are you listening to me? This is one of the things, and that's the reason why we don't have power in our prayer life, power in our confession, power when we lay hands on something, power when we lay hands on someone, power when we are believing God for the manifestation of his truth is because God had to turn down the power level in our life because he cannot trust our words. Proverbs 6, 2, thou art snared by the words of thy mouth, and by the words of thy mouth thou art taken. Proverbs 18, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and he that loves it, you shall eat the fruit thereof. God is trying to protect you from self-sabotage. <laughs> so he can't afford to turn the power up on you because he cannot trust what you are saying. Guys, are you listening to what I'm saying? I'm giving you the word of God on this. This is not my opinion. Now, let me tell you something here. He said, they shall return unto me with their whole heart. Not with partially, but, but your whole heart. Complete, entire, 100%. Listen to this. This is a heart that is 100% God's with no strings attached, it's always at God's disposal, ready to serve. It's always at God's disposal. See, when God wants you to serve, he does not consider whether you're tired or not. He doesn't consider, you know, whether you have uh, had a long day or not. See, Jesus had a long day. <laughs> Are you listening to me? God does not, he's not interested in how you feel when he wants you to be at his disposal because lives and souls are at stake. And most people think that you serve God out of convenience or you serve him out of convenient opportunity, but that's not, that's not how you serve God. This heart, a perfect heart, is God can support you when he know he can use you. Let me tell you something. Even in the natural, there are no benefits to a part-time job. Let that marinate. There's no benefits. You ever worked a part-time job? You didn't get benefits. They didn't give you dental. They didn't give you health insurance. They didn't give you any of that. Why? Because they knew they were just barring you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you know, 
Bill Withers said, hey, you keep on using me until you use me up. Somebody going to use you. If God don't use you, the devil going to use you. <laughs> You're going to get used. <laughs> Are you listening to what I'm saying? <laughs> There's no need in trying to fight that. You're going to get used. You just get to choose who your partner is. <laughs> wow. Let me tell you something. It's ready to serve God. This And this heart doesn't keep score. You know, we got, you know, two. I'm going to be honest with you. I did this three times. Is there somebody else going to help me? Listen, listen, how many times have God come to your rescue when you didn't deserve it? If he kept score, you being the red <laughs> and not the blood red, you being another red. <laughs> See, the Bible says love suffers long and is kind. First Corinthians 13. It pays no attention to a suffer wrong. <laughs> love never fails. See, when God has control of your heart, he can say, that is my daughter. That is my son. And one thing about it is, and you can best believe this, the Bible says, I will vindicate the righteous. See, God keeps score. You don't have to keep score. Remember? Remember Mordecai and Esther? The Lord said, hey, Mordecai saved the king because a big dine in Teresh. <laughs> these gang, these gangsters was getting ready to uh, come on the king, and Mordecai saved them. And the Lord said, "What has been done for this man?" And they said nothing. The Bible says, "And the books were open." Don't you think? For listen, God. God is a book opener. You can believe that. You go back to Luke, the fourth chapter. The Bible says that Jesus stood up and he opened up the book and found the place where it was written. He's a book opener. In the end, the Bible says in Revelation that the books were open and those whose name was not found in the Lamb's book of life, they was tossed into everlasting uh, uh, fire and, and, and destruction. The books, God woke, God listen. God flipped the pages. <laughs> he opens the books. You don't have to do it. You don't have to try to take his job. Just obey him. If you trust him, you know he's going to vindicate the righteous because he is a book opener. <laughs> Look at somebody and say, the Lord is a book opener. <laughs> he is. He is. You go back. You look through the scriptures. See how many times he opened the books. Praise God. <laughs> A heart like this will get God's attention and God will move on it. A heart like this, that's at his disposal, ready to serve. See, that's one thing that is hard to do if God is not in your life. It's hard to serve. I didn't say do a favor. I said it is hard to serve. Doing a favor and serving is totally different. Because doing a favor, you can be in pride and do a favor, but to serve, you must be, you, there must be humility. Well, listen, I'm trying to tell you, a heart like this gets God's attention. Now, what I want you to do is, I want you to go to uh, 2 Kings, 2 Kings chapter 20. Second Kings chapter 20. Are you getting anything out of this? Guys, if y'all take a praise break right now. Glory be to God. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, there's nothing like being saved. <laughs> and again, we're not talking perfection. 
We're just talking about saved and satisfied with it. <laughs> a lot of people are saved, but a lot of people ain't satisfied with it. <laughs> you know, that's why they went back and followed him no more. Oh, that's another story. But listen to me, a heart, a perfect heart will get God's attention. There is going to come a time in your life where there's only going to be you, God, and the devil. And your heart will determine whether God is able to bust through like a gangbuster or whether he have to go back and return unto his place until you acknowledge your transgressions. <laughs> That's what he said. I think it's Jeremiah 33. I'll go and return unto my place until they acknowledge their transgressions. You don't want to be like that when you need a miracle. The guy have to open the books. <laughs> Are you listening to what I'm saying? Now, let's check this out. Let's show you the perfect heart in motion. The Bible says in 2 Kings chapter 20, verse 1, In those days was Hezekiah sick unto God, and the prophet Isaiah, the son of Amos, uh, came to him and said unto him, Thus said the Lord, Set thine house in order, for thou shalt die and not live. Boy, don't you want to listen. It's one thing if the doctor said that. <laughs> but when the Lord say, set your house in order, because you about, you about to shoot the deuces to the crowd, you out. Boy, that's some stuff. Because who you going to go to? Who you going to usurp authority over the word of God when he tell you, you're through, you're done. Look at this. Then he turned his face to the wall. This is time when you reflect. This is time when you start counting up some stuff. This is time. If you want to if you want to keep score, this is when you need to keep score. He turned his face to the wall. And you know at that time, all types of stuff came on him. Depression came on him. Oppression came on him. All the stuff people need therapists for right now came on Hezekiah because the prophet came and said, the Lord said, you're done. Are you listening? He turned his face to the wall and he prayed unto the Lord, saying, I beseech thee, O Lord, remember now how I have walked before thee in truth and with a perfect heart and have done that which is good in thy sight. And Hezekiah wept and to his eyes swole up. <laughs> it said wept sore. If he wept sore, something got sore. And he wept until his eyes swole up. <laughs> now, he said he petitioned the Lord. The Bible says, and this is the confidence we have in him. If we ask anything according to his will, we know he heareth us. And if we know he heareth us, we know we have the petition that we desire of him. So he, he turned his face to the wall and he said, Lord, I beseech thee. Have not I walked before you in truth? not with a deceitful heart, not trying to play the okey-doke all the time, not trying to hide stuff, not throwing rocks and hiding my hand. Lord, I walk before you in truth. Paul said, I have no greater desire, little children, but that you walk in truth. He said, and I walk before you with a perfect heart. He didn't say I was perfect. He said, my heart was perfect. I was always at your disposal. Let me show you God's attitude behind that. The Bible said, and it came to pass before Isaiah was uh, was gone out into the middle court. In other words, Isaiah had just pulled the door closed and turned the knob. <laughs> and God started talking to Isaiah as Hezekiah was talking to God. 
look how quick this, this exchange started happening. Boy, that's the confidence you can have when you know you've done right. You know you don't have a whole lot of uh, okey-doke going on. Boy, he used that word okey-doke a lot. It's a lot of okey-doke going on. <laughs> Are you listening to what I'm saying? But now check this out. It says before. It says afore. But, you know, for us, it's before. You know, he could. He was going out to the middle court that the word of the Lord came to him saying, go back in there where my son is. Turn again and tell Hezekiah, the captain of my people, thus saith the Lord, the God of David, thy father. I have heard thy prayer. I have seen thy tears. Behold, I will heal thee. And on the third day, thou will go up into the house of the Lord, and I will add unto thy days 15 years, and I will deliver thee and the city out of the hand of the king of Assyria, and I will defend the city for my own sake, for my servant David's sake. That's some powerful stuff right there. That's the assurance you want to get from God. He said, hey, I've heard your prayer. Let me tell you something. You might cry in the darkness, but if you have a perfect heart before God, don't you think for a minute God has not counted your tears. You might be weeping, but though weeping may endure for a night, let me tell you something. The sun is coming up and joy comes in the morning. I'm telling you right now, the Bible says if you suffer for uh, you are buffeted for your faults and you take it patiently. He said, then what benefit is that? But if you buffet it for something you didn't do and you take it patiently, this is well pleasing unto God, for this is the will of God. God said, you are, you are living sacrifice. You look like my son. You look just like my daughter. He said, because when you are suffering for something you didn't do, you know, oh, they're going to talk about you. They're going to hide and they're going to throw rocks and hide their hands. They're going to do all of this stuff. They're going to they're going to they're going to speak about you and whisper about you in privately. But the Bible says, and the Lord heard it. And the Lord heard it. No matter whether you hear it or not, because guess what? God is the one opening the books. That's why people can't get a prayer through when they need something and they're tired of life being like it is. You got to start with this right here. You got to let God start trusting your, your motives. The Bible says, listen, God tries the reins of your heart. God tries your very motives. Hebrews chapter 4. For the word of God is quick and powerful, sharpening than any two-edged sword. This is verse 12. Piercing even to the dividing asunder of the soul and the spirit and the joints and the marrow. And it is a discerner and recognizer of the very thoughts and motives and intents of your heart. Before you told it, God knew it. Before you thought it, God knew it. Before you did it, God knew it. Before you said it, God knew it. I'm telling you guys, when we get back to trying to please God, that will straighten a lot of stuff up. Oh, praise you, Jesus. Ah, hallelujah. <laughs> he said, I'm going to give you 15 more years. 15 more years to drive your social security. <laughs> 15 more years. I'm going to add unto your life fullness. I'm going to add unto your life peace. I'm going to add unto your life joy. And while you enjoying life, I got your enemies right here. <laughs> I deal with your enemies. And I'm going to do it for my sake. Hallelujah. 
Oh boy, like the guy say, it is getting gooder and gooder. And if this don't light your fire, your wood is wet. <laughs> Let me tell you something. See, the Bible says in 1 John chapter 3, verse 18 to 20, it says about, let me see if I, if I even put that down. First uh, John chapter three. Let me see here. I'm going to read a set of scriptures to you that I, I, I think will, will bless you because this is something, uh, this is something we do all the time and you have to be careful because we, we, you know, in this day and time where knowledge has increased, people, everybody pride themselves on knowing the word. Are, are you listening to what I'm saying? The Bible says, First John chapter 3. Yes, okay, I got it. And look, look at verse 18. He that believeth on me is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already because he have not believed in the name on the, of the only begotten of the Father. Um, that's, that's, I don't think that's really what I wanted. But anyway, uh, the Bible says, it tells us not just to talk the word. I tell you where it is. I I I I'll help you out with that. Uh, and 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 you can go to the scripture. I just for right now I don't have the time on air to go back and research it. But I guarantee you, I can point you to it. The Bible says, uh, and it's in the same set of scriptures. It's before these scriptures where the Bible says, "If our heart condemn us." God is greater than our heart. If our heart condemns us not, it says, then have we confidence toward God and the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. Now, the scriptures that I was going to read, is like two scriptures before that. And it basically says for us not to just talk the word, but to practice the word. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Will your heart condemn you? See, because in Romans chapter 2, uh, right around verse 13, it says, for the hearers of the Lord are not just before God, but the doers of the law shall be justified. It says, for when the Gentiles or the ones that are with the God, without God, which have not the law, do things that are, that are, that are contained in the law, they become a law unto themselves. And that's where a lot of people is right now, because you got an inner witness that God is present. You have an inner witness, and it says that when you don't even know the scripture and you do the things that are in the law, you become a law unto yourself. Why? Because the imprint of knowing what's right and wrong will begin to deal with your conscience. And the Bible says, and which showed the work of the law written in their hearts, their conscience also bearing witness. And their thoughts, the means of uh, accusing or else excusing one another. They're, in the day that God judged the secrets of men's heart, what it's saying is, is that when you don't know the scripture, see, a lot of people are like, you know, I want to show you how much I know. But then there are other people that say, I don't know, no, not one scripture, but my conscience tell me that I'm wrong. <laughs> the Bible says that's the day God will judge the secrets of men's heart and your conscience will accuse you or excuse you. Are you listening? See, a perfect heart. 
you will follow the leading of a perfect heart when you know this is not cool. This is not what I need to do. And when you know the word of God, you try to follow it. Don't just allow the word of God to just go over your head because what you do is your conscience becomes seared. And if you know anything about searing it, you sear one side, you seal, and then you seal, sear the other side. You keep the juices from escaping. You keep the consciousness of God from coming out into actions. Your conscience is seared with a hot iron. Are you listening to what I'm saying? So you you if you do it so many times, you will cause you will cause yourself not to respond to the leading of the Spirit of God. And it'll become easier and easier and easier to drift off the page until now you're living a carnal life and you don't even realize it. Why? Because it was progressive. Now the Bible says in Mark chapter 7, somewhere around verse 15, it says, it's not what goes in a man that defiles him, but what comes out of him. Because it goeth not into his heart, but out of his drought purging all meats. Pretty much self-explanatory. It didn't get in your heart. It came into your thought pattern, but you dismissed it. It never got in your heart because out of the heart comes murders and adulteries and lies and all of that. These are the things that defile a man. What comes out of your heart? That's what causes you to live certain ways. That's what causes you to not have success living a victorious life because your heart is toxic. Your heart is contaminated. You have been infiltrated from the outside. The seed of the enemy has gotten on the inside of you. But Jesus said it this way. He said, the prince of this world cometh, but he has nothing in me. So he can't do anything with me because he has nothing in me. Are you listening to what I'm saying? So you got to be careful. Now, let me go ahead and close this thing right here. Um, Proverbs chapter four. And the Bible says somewhere around verse 20, he said, my son, attend to my word, incline thy ear unto my sayings. Let it not depart from thine heart. Let it not, excuse me, I'm sorry, depart from thine eyes, but keep it in the midst of thine heart. For they are life to those that find it and health to all their flesh. But now verse 23 says, Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it, the King James says, are the issues of life. But another translation basically says to protect your heart. You know, in Genesis chapter 2, the Lord told uh, 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 Adam, he said, I'm going to put you in the garden to dress it and to keep it. He's using this again. Keep your heart. Protect your heart. Diligently manage your heart. Diligently guard your heart and keep certain things out of your heart with all diligence. That means not a one-time thing. Always be on guard to keep your heart from being seated by the enemy for out of it will flow the issues that you Deal with their life and the contents of your life will come out of your heart. Are you listening? So it's your job 
to keep things out of your heart. It's your job to protect it. It's your job to guard it. If certain things, don't just sit and feed on stuff that you know is going to cause your heart to be toxic. Don't feed on things. Don't listen to gossip. People, you got some people, they are professional gossip. They'll start with prayer and end up telling you someone else's life story. You know, this is for prayer purposes. You lie. Say no prayer purposes. You just want to see someone else because misery loves company. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Tell them, I, 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 I don't want to hear that. I don't need to hear that because I am believing for some things in my life. And I can't let you just drop this junk off in my spirit like I'm a landfill. <laughs> Are you listening to what I'm saying? You have to guard your heart. Well, they might be mad. They're already mad at you. That's why they're coming and telling you this junk. <laughs> Are you listening? We wrestle not against flesh and blood. Ephesians 6, 12. So I want to close with this. Are you allowing the serpent in your heart to keep you out of God's best? He told Adam, keep the garden. But the serpent came in the garden and talked Adam out of God's best. He told you to keep your heart. Is the serpent gotten involved in your heart now and he's keeping you out of God's best? Is he, is he stopping and hindering your progress? Is he stopping your success? Is he keeping you alienated from a victorious life? It's not always the things that's on the outside. As long as they stay out, they have no effect. When they get in your spirit is when you have an issue. Are you listening? So keep your heart with all diligence because out of it will come the contents of your life. You don't want, if you don't like what's in your life, Stop planting what you're harvesting. Are you listening? Change or not change until you until you until you change. So I hope this word has been a blessing to you. We thank God for what God has done. God is working with you. He's working with some of you right now. He's already told you the things that you allowed in your heart you shouldn't have. He's told you right now for you to go and flush your heart. Get this mess out of you so you can get back on track and live for me. You know. Don't stop saying you love God and you hate your brethren. The Bible says you lie and do not the truth. That's two things. You lie, you talk it, and you don't obey the truth. Are you listening? Let's stop that. You don't have to live there. You don't. You're not a victim. Unless you want to be. So, if this has been a blessing to you, pray about what God wants you to do. Pray about where God wants you to be. You got to be under somebody. You got to have a shepherd because you're going to feel a lot of uh, uh, inclement weather on your life without a cover. Am I telling you, come to us? It's a good place. But if you don't want to come to us, we're not out here, man, sheep herding. Find somewhere. You got to be under somebody. Are you listening to what I'm saying? So until we, we, we meet again, saints, TRC members, continue to be faithful. Continue to do what God is telling you to do. Let God speak to you about your life and your commitment. And until we see you again, whenever we see you, whatever, whatever time we see you, however long we see you, make sure we are seeing the one with a perfect heart with the ability to keep it real.